Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Don't play like some little girls. Y'all like y'all never play football before. These guys are nothing. You hear me? They please just like we do. Yes, sir. They sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, sir. I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then. Let's play. But that's eating us, too. That gives us, too. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. Rob Bro Show Talk 13.9 News Money Sports. I am the host. You are the co-host. You can text in 806-855-3712. That number again, 806-855-3712. As we get going on the Rob Bro Show for another hour of action. We'll talk NFL playoffs. We'll talk college basketball on the weekend. A big Big 12 slate we'll talk about. Every weekend I do this, I talk about how good the Big 12 slate is, but generally, the slates are really good. That's what happens in the Big 12 when you have five or six ranked teams, five in the top 17, I think, or 15, uh, nine in the top 40 in the Ken Palm. Iowa State now at their highest Ken Palm ranking ever since 2002 when he started the Ken Palm ranking. Uh, and Iowa State's had some pretty good teams, but they are playing really well right now. We can continue the most hated NFL player of all time, in your opinion. Or you can just say most hated sports player of your life. Whatever you want to do, you can. We're also doing locks of the weekend today. Give me a lock you feel great about this weekend this from the texter picking San Francisco 31-28, so that is a lock for the Cowboys plus four. Texter also loved Ryan Hyatt's Bengals pick over the Bills. I feel they're a more complete team. Also, that's a Broncos fan, and his most hated player of all time is uh, Jay Cutler with the Broncos. <laughs> or, or maybe with the Bears, and he just hates Jay Cutler, I'm not sure. Uh, 60 more minutes of the bro show. Yeah, that's right. A whole nother hour. Uh, really like 52 minutes at this point because we're already into it. But uh, glad to be here. Glad to be with you. Text in 806-855-3712. Let's get right into it. The Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. Plus four for the Dallas Cowboys. And we talked about it a little bit. If you just start looking at quarterback matchup, uh, this offense versus that defense, that defense versus this offense, vice versa. If you start trying to play the Lady Justice uh, Scales of Justice game and you go offensive line versus offensive line, in my opinion, wash. I think both offensive lines are pretty good. 
I'll be really interested to see if um, which offensive line I guess the Dallas Cowboys put out early and maybe late. Uh, but Tyron Smith has been really good at right tackle. Zach Martin is the best right guard in the game, uh, maybe of the decade. And then Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the NFL right now. He plays for San Francisco. So lots of good offensive linemen in this game. Uh, edge rushers, the two best edge rushers in the NFC, one on the 49ers, one on the Cowboys. More natural edge rusher would lean to Nick Bosa, but Micah Parsons is just as explosive in less snaps as an edge rusher. Now, do you start moving Micah Parsons around even more? Because you don't want to wear him out for the playoffs. The dangerous thing in the playoffs is trying to save somebody because if you lose, you lose. You're done. You're on vacation. So you kind of have to go all in. And if that means Michael Parson plays 40 snaps at the edge, can he be effective late in the game? In the game against the Bucks, you were able to play him at middle linebacker a little bit. You were able to play him off the ball a little bit. You were playing off the line of scrimmage a little bit, moving him around. And, and maybe that's what might makes Micah Parsons great, that you can rush him up the middle, you can rush him off the edge. You can have him in situations where he's not rushing the ball at all. You could have him spying Christian McCaffrey. And then next, are you going to play that Tampa 2-shell coverage that you played against the Bucks on first and second down pretty much the entire game and have Leighton Vanderesh way off the ball? And I know you did that mostly in the second half because you were so far ahead and because you knew that Tampa Bay had to throw the ball down the field. And you were kind of blessed in that you were able to do that. Can you do that against San Francisco? Can you do that early? Or will you get just dominated at the line of scrimmage on mesh routes and drags with Debo Samuel, with George Kittle, with Christian McCaffrey. Will the screen game be right behind Micah Parsons the entire day? Will they let pressure come to Brock Purdy and let him face it with adversity and throw it in to single coverage? Is Trayvon Diggs going to shadow Debo Samuel? I do not think that's a good matchup for the Cowboys. And will the Cowboys have a full secondary for an entire game? Because they've not in the last month and a half. I will say this, though. Leighton Vander Esch makes this defense a whole lot better. And you saw that this weekend. Or on Monday. Which is the final point we have here. The Cowboys are in a short rest. Which, again, is ridiculous that the NFL would do that. But, hey, I get it, I guess. Uh, if we're looking at who is going to be watched the most this weekend, this 49ers-Cowboys game is going to break all the records. It's going to be the most watched game of the weekend. It might be the most watched game of the playoffs. Um, and I obviously say that as a Cowboys fan, but just I know the NFL. This Cowboys-49ers game is going to be huge. Massive. Chiefs-Jags. All right. Eagles-Giants. People will watch, but... 
just an NFC East game. And then Bills-Bengals will have a lot of intrigue, but the Bengals don't really have a big national audience, and I don't think the Bills do either. Even though they try to push them like they do. So this Cowboys 49ers game is going to be just massive. It should be the best game of the weekend. It's the closest line along with the the Bengals-Bills. And adding to the intrigue of the Bengals-Bills game is that uh, those two teams, the last time they were on the field together, there was a, a just near tragedy. And they canceled the game. So you have those two in kind of a, I mean, it's going to be an emotional start to that game, in my opinion. Now, if the Bills win and the Chiefs win, they will meet in Atlanta. If the Bengals win and the Chiefs win, they will meet in Kansas City. Uh, If the Bengals or Bills win and the Jags win, they will meet at the Bengals-Bills home stadium. So there is that as well. Uh, I guess good news for the Bills-Bengals is that they get to see the Kansas City game beforehand, so they'll be prepared either way. Talking through the other two games, or the other three games, just as far as betting goes, as far as the wagering goes, I feel so strongly that the Eagles will take care of the Giants that I'm definitely in on the Giants, plus 7.5. We talked about this in the Friday Fades. I think the Giants and and Dable have built really well into the playoffs. And I know they weren't hot, but they're a well-built, well-organized team. And the Eagles might be more talented, but I think the Giants are better coached. And... Honestly, I'm I'm out on Sirianni. He's my least favorite coach in the NFL. We're talking about sports hate in the NFL. The biggest hater in my world right now that I'm hating is uh, definitely, definitely Nick Sirianni. The guy is a total, total bag. I I just I can't stand him. How he. He jumps around and is uh, yelling at fans and pounding his chest. You're not out there playing. Chill out, Sirianni. Just chill out. But I think the, the Giants are built to win in the playoffs, at least against the Eagles. Now, I don't think the Giants stand much of a chance against the 49ers or the Cowboys. But I think they can get the Eagles. Do they? I don't know, but plus seven and a half, I do like the, the Giants to stay within a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday. People keep selling that stat, saying it over and over. Uh, well, Patrick Mahomes has never lost a division around playoff game. Somebody in the last hour of the Raiderland called it a, an immovable object and an uh, immovable, or a, whatever it is. Immo- unstoppable force, immovable object, whatever it is. Um, it's hard to call the Jaguars immovable. I mean, and Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions and had a gift of being against Brandon Staley and the the Chargers who are just give-up machines. 
Nobody has collapsed better than the Chargers in the last five years. Maybe in the history of franchises. The Chargers had a lot of collapses. So have the Vikings. But the Chargers are like the premier the premier collapsible franchise. Now, Doug Peterson, playoff pedigree, Super Bowl pedigree. Andy Reid, Super Bowl pedigree. Kyle Shanahan, Super Bowl pedigree. Not winning, but has coached in a few. Sirianni and Dabble, kind of new guys on the on the playing field. Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl. Uh, and then McDermott and uh, Taylor, also both new, not to this round of the playoffs. Uh, and Taylor coached in a Super Bowl last year, but still a young coach. So uh, does coaching matter? Is Andy Reid just that guy? Or can Doug Peterson be a coach that can go toe-to-toe with Andy Reid because he's been there and done that with other teams? The Eagles. All right, let's uh, take the break. When we come back, we've got some locks of the weekend coming in. We'll also get to more of the college basketball landscape. We'll talk about the Big 12 and the weekend of the Big 12 to come. We'll also talk Texas Tech, Kansas State. It's the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Rose Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Here, here, here. We come from different worlds. You like to laugh at me when I look at a girl. Hootie and the Blowfish. Brought to you by Darius Rucker. In the weekend of college basketball, I told you it was always a good slate. This week, it's kind of the unranked versus the unranked, except for TCU Kansas. I don't think you can have, no, you can't. Mathematically, you can't have an entire Big 12 slate of ranked versus unranked because there are more ranked teams than unranked teams in the Big 12 basketball world. Six versus four. Uh, game of the weekend, I guess, at uh, 12 on CBS, TCU at Kansas. Probably lots of stats out there on. Kansas losing back-to-back games, it probably happens way less often than TCU losing back-to-back games. But neither have lost many back-to-back this year. Uh, TCU certainly at 14, just coming off a loss against West Virginia. Kansas losing on the road as well, that one against Kansas State. Uh, Number 2 versus number 14, coming off losses. That'll be a big one for both of those teams to kind of stay in the hunt for the top spot in the Big 12. Up next on none other than ESPN. Big 12 now, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, number 12, Iowa State at Oklahoma State. Uh, as I said earlier, Iowa State has climbed to their highest Ken Palm ranking ever inside the top 10. Uh, and then you have, at 1 p.m., also Texas Tech at Kansas State on ESPN2. Baylor at Oklahoma on ESPN2. 
And then West Virginia hosting Texas. Another home game before they head to Texas Tech on Wednesday of next week. Coming off their first win, they're 11 and 7, 1 and 5 in the Big 12 is West Virginia at 5 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, I'll say this if I was just blind picking, and I am because there's no lines yet, I would say Texas gets the win against West Virginia. If I was to pick an upset this weekend, it would be Oklahoma getting Baylor and Norman, though Norman is not a place that many people go to die. Uh, lots of people have been to Norman and live to talk about it. Texas Tech at Kansas State. I do not see Texas Tech going into the octagon of doom and pulling off a victory, but I do think that could be a close game. And then we'll see what Iowa State really is this weekend against Oklahoma State, I think. Uh, Oklahoma State is a pretty good defense. And Iowa State has been playing really well. They lost to Kansas by two. They borderline hammered Texas. They beat them big in the second half. Beat Texas Tech by 34. And then had some close games in Norman and Fort Worth and... At Kansas, another road game. This schedule sets up really well uh, for the first six to be on the road and still having a good schedule. If you're Oklahoma State, they've lost three of the last five. They beat West Virginia and they beat Oklahoma, really ran away from Oklahoma. Uh, In the middle there, though, they lost to Texas by 10 and didn't score in the final like eight minutes of that game. Uh, They Lost to Kansas State by nine, and then they lost to Baylor. Uh, did not cover in any of those games. And they are four and five in their last five. Sorry, four and one on the under. The one, though, is a push. So really, four, oh, and one. Uh, if you bet the under in an Oklahoma State game. Uh, again, I don't know the total. I'm assuming it's going to be low. If that total is 130, I would lean under. The one push they had was at 128. So maybe the uh, the books are learning. Uh, if you look at Oklahoma State, they had a 139, 139, 138, 138 and a half all under. And then Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, uh, 128, and it pushed. And Oklahoma State somehow scored 72. And the rest of their Big 12 games, or in the last five, it was 67, 46, 57, 58. Defense much better than the offense there in Stillwater. But uh, uh, stranger things have happened in Stillwater, too. Uh, I think there's only one bad atmosphere in the Big 12, and that's in Norman. I think the rest of the Big 12 atmospheres are pretty good. All right, let's get some locks of the weekend from the text line. Uh, lock of the weekend, under on the number of minutes of sports. I'll get to watch this weekend as my in-laws are in town. Also, Cowboys plus four and a half. Love you, Grande Pollo. Uh, hey, Cowboys four and a half. You see that on the board, I would take that. Uh, most of them sitting at a flat four. I think it opened at three. Uh, but it is moving in that direction. 
And that's too bad. It's a big sports weekend to have the in-laws in town. Uh, the in-laws, they're not, uh, you're not sitting down with the father-in-law trying to watch a game. It's tough. We'll pray for you. Uh, we'll see you in the Discord too. Uh, Giants plus seven and a half, Kansas State Moneyline Parlay. I wonder, I wonder what the odds are on that. Uh, I would like to, when that comes out tonight, the, the Kansas State line, I will, I will see if I can get a, an actual plus on that. That is, uh, I don't recognize that area code. That might be, yeah, I don't know. What is that? I'll have to look that up too. But Giants plus seven and a half Kansas State money line. You're not getting a lot of value on the Kansas State line. Uh, plus seven and a half, though, that's got to be decent value. Uh, has the Texas Tech Kansas State line come out? I can't find it on Bet Rivers. No. And it seems like college basketball lines are coming out real late lately. Like, it, it might be out by five tonight. They used to give you a full 24 hours, but. It seems like they've tightened that up, and maybe that has something to do with what Hyatt was talking about at the end of the last hour when he was saying, you know, as books open up across the country, you're getting a little tighter windows because you can't kind of manipulate from Vegas the rest of the country. Uh, this off the text line, dear bro, how are you? I am fine. I, I feel like I need to start playing some, like, dear mother kind of from the battlefield music behind this texter. When he texts him, but he says, uh, dear bro, how are you? I'm fine. Uh, I'm good. Uh, it's been a rough week, honestly, but we'll get to the rest of your text. Uh, do you think the Cowboys 49ers game is more likely to resemble the 80s or 90s Cowboys Niners games? Well, there in the 90s, you kind of went back and forth. In the 80s, it was mostly the Niners. Uh, if I was a betting man, I would say 80s, but I've already said I'm going to abstain from this game. So we'll just go ahead and hope for the 90s. I'm not going to put any wagers on this game. It's going to be too stressful just straight up. I don't need any extra stress going into this Cowboys-Niners game. Um, it's really even hard for me to analyze outside of I think Dak Prescott is still better than Brock Purdy. And I think Tony Pollard and C.D. Lamb are comparable to Debo Sambo and Christian McCaffrey at the very least. You probably give the edge to the 49ers in that respect. I think Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa are very similar players. Um, and I think Tyron Smith can earn his paycheck for the entire year if he bottles up Nick Bosa for three quarters. And if you're moving uh, Nick Bosa around and you're playing him against both defensive ends, yeah, I don't know. Or both offensive tackles, I don't know. Can Tyler Smith, can Jason Peters? Is Jason Peters even playing? He left the game against the Bucs. Uh, lots to talk about there. All right, let's take the break. When we come back, more Rob Brosha, more locks of the weekends, and we get a Bryles text. The first one coming in at 1.30. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's the Rob Brosha Talk 103.9 News. Money, sports.
Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Have you got color in your cheeks? Do you ever get that feel that you got shit? Uh, this text off the text line, and I, I'm going to try to answer it positively. But I do have some thoughts. What a surprise, right, that I have thoughts on something. But uh, I'm going to read the text and then give you my thoughts. That's how we work on this show. Uh, Bryles putting the crime in Texas criminal university. Question for you, Rob. Would you rather build your brand in a desert and keep your morals or live in the big city and sell your soul to the devil? I am am really hesitant to just assume that everything is that black and white at these programs. And that's not on the TCU side. I think that's a really, really poor hire from TCU. And not because they have the word Christian in their name, and not because they claim to or not to be a private university, but because you're bringing Bryles, Kendall Bryles, back to the Big 12, you're bringing him back to a rivalry with Baylor, and you cowardly brought him back in kind of a two-week-long process that culminated in a Friday morning photo of his family To bring him back as if to say, see, he's not bad. He's got kids. You officially announced the hire with a press release not available widespread. You didn't publicly announce the hire except through reporters. You leaked the news to Mac Engel who wrote an interference piece for you. To go through all of these steps, you have admitted, TCU, that it is a poor hire from a 3-5 and five Arkansas team, or whatever they were in the conference. You just went to a national championship team, got housed by an SEC team, and then hired a mediocre to mid SEC offensive coordinator to replace Garrett Riley who went to Clemson. Are you telling me you couldn't find anyone else? You you offered Garrett Riley a big sum of money, but Kendall Bryles is the only guy that you could have gotten to replace him? Now, Kendall might be great back in the Big 12, but the Big 12 has changed quite a bit since 2016. And if you remember Kendall Bryles' last offense at Baylor finished 0-6 in Big 12 play across the last six games and then ran for like 700 yards in a bowl game. Kendall Bryles does not run the air raid. And in some ways, maybe this offense fits even better now than it did 10 years ago, but it's not this, they're the only ones doing it anymore. A lot of people are running... This run forward, rushing attack, get vertical offense, 
And maybe that just fits what Sonny Cumbie wanted, Sonny Dykes wanted to do. And Dykes, uh, friends with Art Bryles, uh, back to his coaching days at Texas Tech. He's looking out for baby Bryles. I don't know. Maybe this is part of his rehabilitation tour 10 years late. But Kendall Bryles has never apologized for his involvement at, at Baylor in that scandal. Kendall Bryles has never admitted any kind of fault. Kendall Bryles, I don't think, has ever even talked about publicly what went on. He has ignored it. It's rolled off his back like a duck. And now he's at TCU. But the heart of your question is, would you rather be moral at Texas Tech or go to TCU and be associated with Kendall Bryles? Who's to say that everything at Texas Tech is just moral and that we're good Christian people here in West Texas? There's skeletons in every closet. I think there's a lot of dirty issues with college athletics, period. And I hope and I I think that, that Texas Tech runs a lot of clean programs. And I'm certainly not saying there's any reason to believe that there's sin in the camp around here, but there's certainly issues, right? And I don't think it's as black and white as just saying Kindle bad, Kindle TCU, TCU bad. But it's certainly not like, well... They've got a Bryles, and we refuse to hire a Bryles. I'm not taking it like that. These are human beings and personalities and and real-life victims involved in this. Well, there's also victims involved with what Texas Tech did in the last 10 years, with Jet Duffy bringing Jet Duffy back twice. That's got a double T on it. But yes, I like building my brand in a desert. I, there's the answer. Uh, but I think it's a very complicated answer on the Bryles stuff. And TCU knows that, which is why they did the PR spin machine for two whole weeks to bring him in. And that's not going to end. And TCU fans will either get behind him very quickly if he wins or turn on him very quickly when he loses. It's how sports works. You'll look, you'll look past a lot of things if you're winning. See Baylor in the early to mid-2010s. They looked past a lot of things, and that's why Kendall Bryles, in my opinion, is not a head coach yet. He might be a career offensive coordinator because nobody wants him to put a, that guy in charge of human beings. I hope that Sonny Dykes runs the kind of program that eliminates a lot of distrust that you have in a Kendall Bryles character. But the fact that he goes out and hires him with not much of a process otherwise, in my opinion, kind of speaks for itself. But again, I I don't like sitting here just saying TCU, 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 Kendall, Kendall, Kendall. Like, no other program in the Big 12 has those demons. And I think that's an important part of the conversation 
And what people who talk about sexual violence and sexual assault want to talk about is you, you have to be anti. Well, when you talk about Baylor, do you mention Jet Duffy? Do you shut it all down or do you just complain about Kendall Bryles? I think there's no place for it in the game, and I think Kendall and TCU are certainly in the forefront right now. But then you have people making fun of Deion Sanders for posting that he brought all the women in the program up to the front of the room and said, hey, if there's any issues outside of this locker room with any kind of violence toward a woman and there's any implications, you're gone from the program. Well, that doesn't really need to be said. I think it does. And you have uh, Rachel Joy on Twitter going and talking to every campus and, and trying to be around and talking about being kings and queens and treating people with respect. And you have Brenda Tracy, the sexual assault victim, that goes around and talks to college campuses about being a part of the 90%. She had a story about Kendall Bryles yesterday. If I was TCU, I would not have made that hire. Kendall Bryles has been in the, the rounds to, to be interviewed and talked to about Texas Tech jobs in the past. There are a lot more Kendall Bryles out there that we just don't know about. And the only guy off that Baylor staff who had any kind of repercussions has been Art Bryles. Bennett, plenty of jobs. The rest of that staff, plenty of jobs. Anybody talk about, uh, who is it, Jeff Levy? Offense coordinator, Oklahoma? Was he not a part of that staff? Let's take the break here. When we come back, we'll wrap up the week. Talk more NFL playoffs. Talk a little more Texas Tech, Kansas State. Do they have a chance? How can they win? It's the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Brosho, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. This off the text line, TCU took the name Christian out of their title a few years ago. See, people keep telling me that. And again, they don't want to be referred to that as that, and I, I don't think being a Christian school gives you any kind of moral high ground. Look at Liberty. Liberty is a despicable place with lots of controversies. Uh, going up to the very top with their uh, founder, whoever it is. and uh, Oh, by the way, they hired Ian McCaw straight from Baylor. He's still there. But as soon as they legitimately put another C word in there, like 
I don't know, college, Texas College University? Uh, Texas, um, I don't know, uh, whatever it is. They, they want to just be TCU. Change the name of the university and go public. Uh, respect to Coach Prime. That was awesome. Definitely needed to be said it to his team. And and for the people who say, well, everyone says that to every team. Uh, maybe. Maybe. There's a lot of guys that just get suspended. Or play for the team the entire year after being uh, implicated in the offseason. Hello, Arterio Morris at Texas. Couple of more minutes here. How can Texas Tech beat Kansas State? The easiest way, uh, have a couple guys go off. I know that sounds simple, but it really is that simple. And that's how it works in the Big 12. Have a guy go off for 30. Have Kevin O'Banner catch fire from three, make eight three-pointers. Pop Isaacs adds a couple. You just go wild. But is that likely? No. Uh, Something I do think that legitimately needs to happen is Kevin O'Banner has to take more than four shots. He's got to take more than six shots. Kevin O'Banner has to take at least 12 shots in this offense. And you should be able to run plays for Kevin O'Banner, whether that's uh, a set where he catches and shoots a three, or if you just go ISO down on the block and get him going down low. Now, you can take turns doing that, with Fardoz and O'Banner, and then run the pick and roll with Bacho. And maybe a couple with Fardoz. But you have to do it with a point guard who does the roll part. There's three point guards that can do the pick part, but I think only two that do the roll part. And they're both freshmen. And I'm not saying that you have to play Davian Harmon or Kerwin Walton or Demarion Williams even less minutes. Davian Harmon for sure less minutes against Kansas State. I don't think that that is a natural way to get the team better. Because I think Davian Harmon still adds a lot to the team. But man, he has not been consistent on either end of the floor. Now, if you could focus on some strengths... Then Davian Harmon, I think, would be better. Stop switching with Davian Harmon. Just let him go find the ball. Whoever has the ball, bring it down the floor. That's Davian Harmon's guy. Davian Harmon is a much better on-ball defender than he is anything else. Let him be on the ball. And don't switch him off the ball. You have to play tighter. On the skip passes, and that's going to allow some guys to get into the middle. 
That's where Daniel Bacho can be the eraser. But is he healthy enough to be that kind of guy for a large stretch of the game? Texas Tech needs to get back to the basics and play the D they're known for. I don't think this roster can. That's what I'm saying. I think you have to go beyond that. I think you have to scrap that and figure something that this team can do. I don't think this collection of guys is good enough to play that defense against these teams in the Big 12. Can you play zone for 10 minutes with Fardaz in the middle? Can you play a big set with O'Banner, Bacho, and Fardaz for a long stretch of the game? Can Kerwin Walton find offensive consistency while not playing any defense? We'll find out tomorrow, and then we'll talk about it on Monday. Raiderland, 11 a.m. Monday. We'll be back then. See you then. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.